0: for a couple here are your hosts nick saynard i want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail and enrique alvarez clary c is for chunk <laughs> brought to you by empire fence and netting on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket That's right, welcome in. Happy Tuesday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, the ticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Rico with you during your lunch hour. What's up, Rico? Hey, there. How's the day? So far, so good. How was the uh, New Year's? Did you do anything over uh, New Year's Eve? Uh, No, not really.
1: No New Year's Eve shindigs for you? Nope. Just hung out at home with the uh, wife and the kiddos. I saw you guys are doing a new New Year's tradition. Yeah, we're starting something new. Some uh, delicious Heavenly Waffles on, on New Year's Day for breakfast.
0: Shout out to Heavenly Waffles. Also, shout out, though, to uh, SoCal Taco Shop. Yes. They they stopped on by. It's Taco Tuesday here at the station. So they uh, stopped on by. They helped us out, uh, fed our staff with delicious tacos. I, I scarfed two down before we came on the air here. I'll probably get a couple more in before... Uh, the end of the show at 2 o'clock today. They are delicious. So uh, make sure you're tuning in all day long, all week long. Got some exciting things on the horizon. So uh, we'll just tease it that way. Teehee. I think it's a bad... I don't think that's a bad thing to do. So no, just uh, uh, just pay attention. Yeah, just be paying attention. Some things
1: might uh, happen. Some things might be said. It's a new year,
0: and we're going to keep on growing. New year, new us. And we actually mean it. Kind of. S- somewhat. <laughs> As always, 402 464 Five, six, eight, five, the Honda Lincoln hotline and the starter Heyman text line are both open for you guys. The entire show today, as well as the starter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo channel. 951 are all avenues for you guys to get in touch with the show. Uh, you can also follow Rico and I on Twitter. Rico and me on Twitter, uh, Nick underscore Sanert and at radio Rico. A C are the places there to uh, drop us a follow. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the ninety three seven the ticket YouTube. It's a new year, so uh, we just got to go through the same old rundown uh, once again. It is a Tuesday. Um, there will be probably many times that we think it's a Monday over the course of yeah. this week. It's a little weird, but on Monday night, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about college football because you had the 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 first semifinal game between Alabama and Michigan, and then that was you know capped off in the night by Washington and Texas. Oh, that game was so good. And I I think that, honestly, if you were to ask a lot of people what their dream scenario of a college football title game would have been in terms of, like, teams, teams, also factoring in, like, I'm tired of seeing this team playing Mm. in the national title. Okay. I think a lot of people would settle on the Michigan versus Washington. I think for sure with Washington, there were a lot of, I think if you're a non-Texas fan, there was a bulk of us cheering for Washington. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. Now, I also think like if you're a casual football fan, you're gravitated towards Washington's offense simply because it's so fun to watch. Huck it, chuck it, football wins every time.
1: Well, like we watched the well, not every game, but wins you yeah, know, the well, hearts of
0: people. Well, here's the thing: we'll uh, we we watched the Big Twelve title game, and it was it was Texas and Oklahoma State, obviously, and Texas was that fun offense. Mm-hmm. And and last night it just felt like they never really got there. Give credit to Washington's defense in that, but also when you looked at like what Mike, Michael Penix did last night, that was the he, Michael Penix is the type of quarterback that basically you aspire to be when you're in the backyard throwing the football. Yeah, just just fit it into every single tight corner, tight space. You have good receivers around you that make some really nice catches. You drop it in the bucket. he has there was an incredible stat that uh, the the broadcaster said last night where it was like on passes that travel over I think it was like forty five yards he he's completed over like thirty three percent of his passes. He is strangely deadly accurate on deep
1: balls
2: it, it's like, incredible. He, he
1: sets it in the perfect spot where it's just right in the bread basket. And a lot of times, you know, the receiver's gonna have to slow down a little bit just because I mean, they're, they're he's tossing the rock really far, yeah. but at the same time, they're breaking away from these corners and he's anticipating that chucking it and they're able to get underneath it. Maybe if they have to slow down, they get caught. But a lot of
0: times, especially during the season, he's throwing that ball deep and they just keep running. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, really something when you look at uh, Michael Penix and, and maybe got snubbed to the Heisman. I, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know if I still select him over Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels senior season. Was remarkable. It was and, crazy. and it's if if LSU had a mediocre defense, then LSU's in a completely different spot. Other than playing against Wisconsin,
2: mm-hmm.
0: in, in a January first bowl game, which they're, 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 that they're was they're, also, they're they're competing
1: for a playoff spot. The Relia quest Bowl was also a very good bowl game between mm-hmm. LSU and Wisconsin. uh Wish Jaden Daniels would have played, but that that's that's always a hard one with the Heisman and seeing these guys play in the postseason or not play. In Jaden Daniels' case, where you know, Michael Penix is going out there playing for a championship and he's still lighting people up. There are yeah. 400 plus yards, only only two touchdowns. But the the passes he was making, the there was one, I want to say it was the third quarter where he wasn't able to step up into his throw at all, mm-hmm. all arm, uh, wrist flick, and fits it on the sideline to, to <laughs> Roma Dunze. Just, just yeah. a deadly accurate throw. And again, he wasn't able to step into his throw. So it's one of those where... Even with the wrong footwork, he's still deadly accurate. And like you mentioned, the tight windows that he's throwing to, there were a few where he just, he's throwing it, and you, the camera's following the ball, obviously, and you see it just right in between two defenders. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there with my jaw on the floor. Like, how did how did he get that through there? How does he have the anticipation for his receivers to, you know, right before they break, he, he just knows. safety's yeah. not going to get there in time, corner's not going to be in the right spot, I'm fitting it in this one spot. Because if it's over... If it's over to the right, you know, two inches, it's knocked down or picked. If it's over to the left a couple inches, it's behind the receiver. Just perfectly in line. And it was just amazing to watch him pick apart a Texas defense that was actually really solid this year.
0: Well, so I I think when you look at, I mean, Michael Penix, so his season statistics are this. um, Through, or excuse me, played in all 14 games, completed 67% of his passes for 4,600 and 48 passing yards had 35 touchdowns and nine interceptions, uh, which is actually, excuse me, one more than he had last year. He also has four more touchdown passes this season than he did last year. And a big reason of that is, is Romo Dunze, right? Uh, fourth year guy. Uh, he's, he's obviously um, he's, he's from the, he never transferred into Washington. So he's been at Washington all four years, two straight seasons here with over a thousand receiving yards last year. 75 catches, 1,145 yards. This year, 87 catches with 1,553 yards and 13 touchdowns. Um, And, and he's, I mean, he, there's there's he's 1A, and they have another guy who's 1B last night. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have Dylan Johnson, who's really, really good out of the backfield. Like, you look at Washington, and, and, and Notorious B.I.B. says on the text line, once again, 402-464-5685, says you got to love that the fact that there's a big there's a big 10 team and a future big 10 team playing for the ta- title. And like, yeah, there there's and that's why I think like people might not have wanted to see Alabama. I know the people that I was watching the game with were like, I don't want I don't want Alabama to win. I don't I don't want Alabama to to be back in the national title. They've won enough. They've been there enough. Texas is kind of that blue blood where it's like they've they've never been back like Sam Ellinger said they were. Mm-hmm. But like now, here they are. This is the closest. This to back is the closest they've been since to they've truly won the being title back
1: in 2005.
0: And but they also went to the title in 09. Yeah, right after they beat Nebraska and they they broke Husker fans' hearts yeah. with the one second. Uh, did
1: they actually?
0: I mean, they did, but one with second the, with the one second. Same thing happened um, last night. So then, when you look at Nebraska, or excuse me, when you look at Texas, people are like, "All right, Texas has had their share. Now it's time for Washington and Michigan, right?" And you could say the same thing about a blue blood in Michigan, but Washington's kind of that outlier. Washington's in, is that, that team that probably, even though they were the two seed, people were like, we're not accustomed to seeing a Washington same with Oregon. We're not accustomed to seeing these guys at the top of the rankings every year. Like we are seeing them this year. So they were the least favorite out of the four. If you're a casual fan, you're sitting there going, I would like Michigan, and Washington. If you're a big 10 conference football fan, you're saying there, I want Michigan and Washington. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of happy people in terms of casual fans, not the Alabama fans, not the Texas fans, obviously, obviously that are now pleased with it. How's the Pac-12 feel? And also, well, Pac-12, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're the commissioner, George Kliakoff, you're sitting there going, dang, I really messed
2: up. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
0: I, I mean, because now you're talking about if if he would have taken, because you remember back in that whole TV contract negotiation things um, with the, with the media rights deal for the PAC 12 conference prior to the Apple TV deal being publicized, Mm -hmm. you'd remember that it was announced that, Hey, they turned down an offer from an actual TV network earlier in the negotiations. George Kliakoff then thought, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to be able to get more for our PAC 12 conference. Yeah. Thought the Apple TV deal once it got kind of intense towards the end was like, nah, the, the, we we can get more than thirty million a year. Well, now you can't. But you just had two top ten teams. Another team in Oregon was, frankly, I mean, just bombarded Liberty over the weekend. You had Oregon State, who had a really really good year, who's now members of that team. One is the head coach at Michigan State. The other is now going to be. The uh, the the quarterback at Florida State. You had Washington State, who under new you know rather new head coach Jake Dickert was able to lead them with guess who Cam Ward, who's now an NFL bound quarterback. I That's guess
1: That's a weird situation, but yeah.
0: And so then you had UCLA and USC on top of that. You had a really good year Arizona. for the Pac twelve Arizona. Thank you, Noah Fita, your boy. So you had a really good year in the, as the conference, and saying man, maybe maybe we should have taken the deal because. That would have kept everything together for the most part. And if if teams decide to leave after you sign the meteorites rights deal, then they'd be paying you a pretty penny too. Yeah. And you'd be you'd still be
1: making your money. And I don't know, I don't know how many teams leave if you actually have a media rights deal in place. I don't know what their uh, reasoning for leaving was, but I mm-hmm. feel like that might have been a big part of it. And it's just crazy. What do, who do you think take I mean, obviously the Pac-12 is going to take credit for the win because they're still members of the Pac-Twelve, but You think the Big Ten is sitting there like, yeah, like this is this is our team. We're still going to does does the Big Ten send a tweet out congratulating Washington Mm -hmm. if they win? Ooh, you have to because the the Pac-12 will if Washington wins the Pac-12 vote because they're Pac-12 members and they're they're
0: going to want to they're going to want to you know claim credit. They're like,
1: oh yeah, that's our that's our national championship. The last time we won one, was USC. It would have been USC. Yeah, so they're going obviously because
0: Oregon never won one. Nope. Auburn won it against Oregon. Mm-hmm. Ohio State won it against Oregon in, in 2014. I think it was the only two appearances they had. I'm trying to think of these playoffs. Because um, Washington had made the playoff. They, they just got didn't rolled. make. Yeah, they got rolled by Bama in the in the semis. So, I, I don't know. Like, I look at last night's games also. and not and, and this is not like a shot at or a dig at Florida State or anything like that. But people probably will take it that way. Like, those four teams... All prove that, yeah, you know what, we deserve to be there. Like there there were unfortunately, if we want to bring in the Georgia and Florida State game, right? And and despite it being all speculation on what Florida how Florida State would have showed up and, mm-hmm. and what version of them would have played. None of those players opt out, but does that still make at, you, you know, would you yeah, still be good enough? At the end of the day, there were five teams or that actually played over the weekend that were good enough for four spots. And that the fifth team is Georgia. You don't think Oregon was I feel like six. Oregon has Oregon They're only Oregon two losses or Washington. Oregon is different in my eyes because it's Liberty where you have a lot of group of five guys having to enter the portal early mm-hmm. to find power five spots. Yeah. So Liberty was undermanned. Also, I just think the group of five aspect it's no, hard, it. it's hard to stop. Oregon's offense, whether you're Liberty, whether you're Washington, whether you're Michigan. It's it's no, difficult it. to watch. I get so, what you're saying. So yeah, I, I out of the top, five. out of the top six, you have five, I thought, or Georgia. Because even if they had a more formidable opponent, are they still putting up 30? Are they still putting up 20? I so that's that's where I, I kind of go with with Georgia, right? So you have five teams that played for four spots. Well, now the worst thing that could have happened if you were the committee was that. One of those semifinal games yesterday were a blowout. That that was the the worst thing mm-hmm. that you were it, more so this year than even in years past because it was such a a, a controversial, up, uh, you contested. know, tested, yeah, yeah, decision. Yeah. Then, but now you proved to everybody that yeah, you know what, we picked the right four teams, mm-hmm. and nobody's sitting here complaining saying that yeah, you know what, I would have rather seen. So and so, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Florida, Florida whether State. it whether, whether it was Florida State, whether it was Oregon, whether it was Ohio State, even I would have rather seen them get curb stomped than the games we watched yesterday. And, and nobody's these wonderful in there. Football games. The, the casual is... fans aren't sitting here saying that. I'm not sitting here saying that. The businesses, the 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 money makers, the oh, big TV it. companies certainly aren't saying that. They loved every single second of that.
1: Of so the, of these two games. This is back to back years of hotly contested games going down to almost the wire. Uh last year you had Michigan and TCU, which was just a, a barn burner of points. And then you had Ohio. It was, State yeah, and it was, Georgia. It was
0: like somewhat of a yeah, yeah. It wasn't a blowout. It was just a lot it of was points a lot and of no points. defense.
1: Yeah. Uh and then you had Ohio State and Georgia with a missed kick at the end that could have won it by a guy who never misses. Uh and then this year you have, you know, a lower scoring, you know, defensive battle with with Alabama and Michigan. And then again, a high flying offense heavy. Uh, Washington and Texas game. So mm-hmm. if you're the committee back to back years, you're feeling pretty good about yourself again, as long as this uh, national championship doesn't end like last year's did.
0: So, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. So now you just hope that you don't have a, a blowout in the national championship, which I don't think you will No, Right. Like, like Michigan provides this, this real balanced offense. Well, both of them have really balanced offenses, but like Michigan provides this, I mean, tough uh, kind of, old school feel with a guy like Blake Corum, who is now at the top of, of a lot of rushing lists in Michigan football history, which is really something to write home about. They have a really strong defense. Jesse Minter had an unbelievable performance planned for his guys. I mean, uh, unbelievable Alabama's offense had slowly started to look more and more like the Alabama's that we're accustomed to seeing up until when, you know, when it mattered most in crunch time. Right. And, and I don't have an issue We've seen it with Nebraska quite often where they spread them out. They try to get numbers on the line. You try to hope that your guys just win the one-on-one battles up front. And Michigan, when it mattered most in overtime, how did they beat Alabama in the trenches? They blew up the line. Now now they took advantage of some really bad snaps from Alabama, but when it mattered most, despite Alabama spreading them wide, they still figured out a way to win in the trenches and and get some penetration. So center at the, So then, I mean, then we could talk about it from a, at the at the core for football. What's step one? You got to win in the trenches. You have to, and because that's what lost. Excuse me. That's what lost Alabama that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Was that they just continued to get beat time and time again at the line of scrimmage? I mean, you talk about in crunch time
1: when it matters most. When it mattered most, it, it like you said, it came down to the trenches. Your right tackle gets blown
0: up. Yeah, off the line on a play that look like it actually would have worked if he follows the guard to the left side. Yeah. That's that. That was the thing with me is I, I did. And I said it earlier this morning, I didn't have an issue with the play. I had an issue with the execution piece of it. Try I thought tackle. I thought the execution was,
1: was really poor. Just gets shoved back three, four yards. And that's the reason that your, your quarterback trips over his leg.
0: Yeah. Uh, once again, 402-464-5685 the Honda Lincoln hotline, the starter Heyman text line, both open for you guys. The entire show today as well as the sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and on aloe Channel 951. I hope everybody's New Year's was good. Um, Nothing too exciting, but now it's a four-day week, and then uh, we're back to some bit of normalcy, I suppose. Um, But no, feel free to follow us on Twitter, Nick underscore Sanert at Radio Rico AC. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Husker Volleyball gets a big addition through the transfer portal. Um, And I was actually asked a question by a a, a mutual friend of ours about the transfer portal, about the, the Creighton coaches, uh, coach Booth, her comments. And I want to get Rico's thoughts on it here throughout the show as well. Uh, Nebraska basketball is getting ready to open up big 10 conference play against the Indiana, Indiana Hoosiers on set on Wednesday, excuse me, Husker women's basketball plays on Thursday against Wisconsin on the road. Then they play the, the PAC PBA game against the Hoosiers on Sunday. Um, There's a lot, a lot to dissect as we are approaching the football offseason. Just one more college football game remaining, and we'll uh, continue to dive into it uh, throughout the course of the show. We're here till 2 o'clock. Love to hear your guys' thoughts on this Tuesday. We'll be right back on the Happy Hour, sponsored by the Empire Fence and Netting, right here on 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of The Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
1: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.
2: 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing.